Hello, welcome to podcast number two of the More Better Co. More Better Podcast. Uh, today we're talking more about language. Um, it's a little part two of what we did last week. Um, so we're talking about language, systemic racism, and the loadedness of that term. A little bit of a, a little tussle that I got into over social media. Voting, being empowered, and changing the world by stepping out of conversation, actually doing something. I hope and I know you're going to enjoy this podcast and gain new perspective, gain new sight on what to do and how to go about your life and loving people. So thank you for listening. Have an amazing listen or watch. Bye. Welcome back to another episode of the More Better Podcast. Uh, this is a little bit of a part two on my previous one, talking about language and things like systemic racism and the race conversation uh, that's going on today. Yeah, there's just a lot, <laughs> a lot of stuff we can dive into in this topic. Um, but there's been a few things that I've wanted to hit on a little bit more in regards to um, how the church handles some of these things. I ran across um, an account recently uh, that's doing doing a conference this week and they're talking about race and racism, um, systemic races, ris <laughs> racism uh, in America and um, how we as the church can come together and you know end oppression in America. And so that's kind of their their biography, their description of the organization. Um, they have speakers handful of speakers speaking um, every day, talking about uh, race in America was yesterday, um, I think, or race in the church, history in the church, something like that. Uh, talking about like MLK and the marches back in the day. Um, and then they're also going to talk about, you know, the prison system and being allies, stuff like that. Um, anyways, I got into a little, <laughs> a little tussle, um, on their account because they posted something that I was just totally not in agreement with. Um, yeah, and they're hating, they basically put up this post, it's gone now, but for the sake of this conversation, they labeled some, um, some conservative, conservatives, commentators, conservative commentators, and they said that um, these people denied racism and um, that what they said was basically not truth, um, discrediting them and basically telling people not to listen to them. Um, there was a lot in the uh, caption of this post, but that, that was the essence of the post. And I basically just responded saying, these people, I know at least for two of them, um, have never denied that racism exists. Um, but they have, they have argued against systemic racism. And so this, this, uh, organization, you know, they were saying that racism and systemic racism was, was equal. It was the same thing. And this, this is part of the problem with the language that's going on today and today's atmosphere of, um, race and politics and Facebook and Twitter, uh, there's definitions that are changing. People are changing definitions, and one of them is racism. So some people say racism and say that uh, 
I can be racist as an individual because I look down on, you know, a whole group of people because of the color of their skin, right? That's a classic definition of racism that we all know, which means as an individual, I can stop being racist. Um, now there's another definition that is starting to overtake that, and that is the definition of systemic racism. And some people are using it interchangeably that racism is, in fact, systemic racism. So, like, if, if someone says, um, I'm a racist, that doesn't necessarily mean me as an individual look down on black people, but it means that I benefit from a white society built for white people, that I am the oppressor because of the color of my skin, regardless if I've ever done anything or not. So, that can be very confusing. And so, there's this uh, uh, publishing... Uh, article website, a bunch of uh, uh, educators, scholarly people, researchers, whatever. Um, it's called New Dors newdiscourses.com and they're actually, uh, some of them identify, as far as I know, identify as liberal, but more of like a classical liberal and not this uh, far-left um, Marxist liberal. And so we can get into that. That doesn't really matter. Um, the point is that this isn't just like a far-right conservative um, website. Like, it's so not that. But they've taken the time to go through some definitions that have been used, like racism and systemic racism. And so I have the, uh, the site pulled up right now. And the, <clears throat> the word, you know, if you look in the dictionary, you have car. And then besides car, you have, you know, what the definition of the car is. In this, they have racism, and then in parentheses, they have systemic. So this is, uh, they understand that some people are taking racism to mean systemic racism. And what they say in this, this is like a full like article written about the history and the way that the definitions um, have been changing and what it actually means to say systemic racism. There's a lot, a lot of stuff in here. Um, I'll just read part of it, uh, but it says, you know, according to critical social justice theory, details many specific types of racism under the systemic umbrella. So there's an umbrella uh, that they, that, you know, encapsulate this term systemic racism. And under that includes, you know, active, active racism. So like me personally, um, cultural racism, institutional racism, and aversive racism. I don't even know what that one is. Uh, there's also, let's see, you know, it goes on under a system understanding of racism, individuals act, act, individual acts of racism, you know, you can do, but there's also the society, societal uh, aspect of it. Like I was saying, I'm white, I benefit off the, of a racist um, society. And so, it goes on um, in this definition to be <clears throat> to be more about um, how America's set up, you know, under a racist under racist people, and the sins of the racists, you know, from back in the day have now been, you know, preserved in the system that is now being set up. And so they use this to describe. Um, all the problems that are going on today. So if you have social um, social injustice, 
like if you have, uh, you know, young black kids falling behind in school, it's due to um, the racial racial system that is built for black kids to fail. Like it's tactically built for them to fail. Um, I don't know if everyone would say it was purposely built for black people to fail, but if it's not purposely, then it's definitely passively, which I think is almost the same thing. They are different for sure, but I think the point still stands that um, the society was set up for black people to fail. Uh, that can go into, you know, the wealth gap, the black-white wealth gap, um, police brutality, uh, the percentage of black people getting um, killed by, by police every year is higher uh, than white people. Um, there's just a lot of things that you put under this umbrella and it's like, oh, all of this is because of the racist society, all this is because of systemic racism. And that is what they mean when they say systemic racism. So whenever you post and you say these people deny racism, and what you actually mean is what I just explained in uh, five minutes, that's insanely impossible. <laughs> How do you expect anyone to actually join in the conversation with you if you say racism and actually mean the systemic racism that is uh, insanely complicated and nuanced and it takes days to research so many different parts of systemic racism to even to even gather some sort of an opinion on of it it's like it's literally insane um which i think part part of the reason that is um because it is a hard problem fair enough it's a hard problem uh but it's also um it's also printed, presented that way so people don't do the research. They just, they hear the experts um, say there's systemic racism and this is kind of what that means. And you're like, yeah, like that makes sense. Uh, I'm not going to take the time to study it. I'm not going to take the time to dive into it. I just believe what you say because you're the expert. Um, and then on the other side of that, like I said, in my previous podcast, if you are conservative and you listen to any conservative hosts, Ben Shapiro, uh, Carlson Tucker, um, I can't even, I don't even know, I can't think of people, uh, Candace Owens, you know, people, people more in the mainstream, uh, you can name other Fox people, I don't watch Fox, <laughs> um, but they'll, they'll fight against systemic racism, they'll argue against it, uh, because a lot of the things in there, what, like I said, they're more nuanced than, more nuanced than, um, are presented to the practical person, like, not like myself, like someone else who's just reading um, little anecdotal things from Twitter, from Facebook, whatever. Uh, they'll take it as fact. And for me, I love to seek out the truth and to spend time doing it because I'm really interested um, in our society and our culture. But most people, I think, don't care. They just want to be happy and to live and to not have the government screw them up. Um, that's... That's my opinion on how most people live. Uh, they want the most money that they can have so they can do whatever they want. That's that's capitalism 101. Uh, <laughs> anyways, back to this, um, this, this tussle that I got on social media. I basically said this, um, like these people don't deny racism. They, you know, argue against systematic racism and they're their side of the story is that if you don't believe in system systemic racism, 
Um, I actually have another post or a, a post here. Let's see. Shared from some other lady that I thought was really interesting. Um, if you still don't believe, this is what she said um, in one of her posts. Uh, if you still don't believe in systemic racism, if you insert a but, comma, and, in situations of murder and injustice, if you pivot conversations, if you double down and support people who explicitly shown themselves to be racist, if the first thing you've said in the past few months has been about rioting and that's it, we are no longer friends. And <laughs> the first thing I, the first response I had was basically that. I, it's like, wow, that's intense. Um, and this is that another account uh, that's different than the one I was mentioning earlier. And so that account basically had the same, the same attitude. If you don't believe in systemic racism, then you're a liar, you're deceived, um, you're listening to the wrong people, you're not educated enough, you're not educated correctly. And there's no, there's no room for discussing this. There's no room. And the huge problem I have with that attitude is that um, especially with this one organization was that their Christian organization talking to church people um, and saying that it's not political at all. It's not biased at all. It's just facts. It's just factual. Um, and basically in response to a couple of people, me and someone else who uh, got got banned from the, from the page, uh, were saying, uh, it's important to listen to other people. It's important to listen to other educators, other uh, commentators, econo economists, um, professors, philosophers, people who run schools, people who run um, organizations. There, there are so many people out there that don't agree with the narrative of systemic racism. And I don't agree with it fully either. Like, I'm not going to go through all of that because it's a lot. Um but this notion that we're stopping conversation to try to say that something's factual, especially in a faith community, is complete crap. Like you should not you should not shut down voices because you think that what you believe is factual and what someone else believes is not factual. And that's pretty tragic. That's really tragic really tragic, um, in my in my perspective. And I have nothing against this organization besides that. Um, but I like listened to some of their stuff last night and I'll probably listen again tonight just to see what they're doing. Cause I'm, I'm still learning just like anyone else is learning and I don't have everything figured out. Um, I want to know more information. I want to read more research papers. I want to read, um, more, more articles and more books and, um, talk to more people like that's part of the reason why I'm doing this uh, yeah like it's it's a learning process for everyone so let's not just shut people off because they disagree on this super dramatic term systemic racism that is so loaded that you can't even have a conversation with someone until you define what you mean by systemic racism. You can't, like, you hardly can get anywhere in a conversation with, without defining it. And I wanted to bring up another point. Um, there's a book, going around, a book going around called White Fragility uh, by 
I think her name is uh, Robin D'Angelo, something like that. Anyways, this book has been uh, recommended to me by my company, a huge, ginormous company. Um, it's been recommended by people at the church. It's been recommended by everyone all over the internet. It's like one of the top selling books right now. That, as, long, uh, as well as another book called uh, How to Be Anti-Racist uh, by Ibram, Ibram X. Kendi. Something like that. Anyways, I have not read either of the books, so take this with a grain of salt. But um, the premise of both of these books are centered around, uh, well, whiteness, um, the systemic, systemic racism narrative, and uh, especially with white fragility. I'll talk about this, white fragility and then the anti-racism. Um, but the white fragility is set up in a Kafka trap, which... I didn't know what that was until I read some reviews, um, some summaries on it. But the Kafka trap is basically saying uh, someone says that I'm a racist and I say, no, I'm not a racist. And they say part of knowing if you're a racist is not is if you deny being a racist. And so there's no way for me to defend myself. There's no way to have a community to uh, communicate over this, to have a conversation over it because I'm in this this trap. There's no way to win. Uh, there's there's other rules um, that I've seen some people list out. Like you can't deny being a racist. Um, you can't say too much or you can't say too little or you can't cry in front of people or um, those are those are some of the main ones I remember. Because if you do that, then that that is signaling that you are in fact a racist. And so there's literally nothing you can do to get out of this trap. And if a book is set up in that way to frame white people as racist uh, and there's no nothing else to go along with that, then it's there's no point to the book. There's no point um, to even enter in that conversation because it's not a conversation. It's just someone sitting on the other side yelling at you and you can do nothing. The other, uh, the other book, uh, anti how to be an anti-racist. I haven't read it either, but I have um, listened to a podcast with him and I've read uh, an article, I think, that he wrote about it. And then I read um, maybe an article or two um, commenting on it, something like that. Um, but there's this idea of being an anti-racist. And the idea is you can't be racist or not racist. It's not one or the other. It's either you're a racist or you're an anti-racist. And so there's no in between. So like either I am a racist or am I anti-racist. And so anti-racist, we all know what racist means, except we don't because we don't know what systemic racism is. But being an anti-racist is doing everything you can in your power to dismantle the system of racism. And so everything that I do, I need to be aware of racism. Everything that I say, everything I wear, like this white shirt, racist. It's white and that gives me power. <laughs> All right, I'm just messing around a little. Um, but uh, yeah, it's this new new religion, this anti-racist religion, anti-racism. Uh, John McWhorter and uh, what's his name? Um, anyways, John McWhorter and another guy that I'll think of his name in a second have... Coleman Hughes uh, had this podcast on 
the new religion of anti-racism. And both of these guys are atheists, which is kind of funny. And I'm afraid that a lot of the language, like even in the church, is going to this how to be an anti-racist. And my question about this is voting. So people people are like, all right, we have this, this problem. We have a racist problem. We have discrimination. We have inequality. What do we do? And they're like, okay, go vote. Like, we need you to vote. And my question is, how do you want me to vote? And... A lot of times that is not answered, but it's assumed that you should vote Democrat because um, the people usually telling telling us to vote um, are black speakers, at least the people that I've been listening to. And 80, 80 over 80 percent of pe black people vote um, for Democrats, which is fine. I've, actually, I don't think it's fine. I think it's kind of weird. But the point is. It's like, okay, you want me to vote for Democrats. So like, what if I don't agree with that Democrats um, platform? Like, what if I want someone who's libertarian? What if I want someone who um, is conservative? Or what if I want someone who's actually a Democrat that's more centered? Um, like, is that okay? Like that goes away from what you want me to do, but you told me to go and vote. You told me to get educated. You told me to, um, yeah, do the education, do the work, get educated. But like, I don't think you want me to do the education that leads away from what you're wanting me to do. You see, like, there's this problem uh, that is going around that's like, you do the work, do the education. And it's like, okay, I'm doing the work, I'm doing the education, I'm learning, I'm reading, I've read books, uh, listen to a ton of audio podcasts, YouTube video stuff listen to articles from different sides, different people. Um, there's a lot of people, a good handful of people I've listened to um, that are self-identifying liberals and are saying that the left is going too crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, that's very interesting. Like, I've listened to people on the right um, for a while. Like, I grew up conservative, um, but like I didn't really know anything until I started getting interested in this stuff, which is wasn't really, I mean, it wasn't really until um, the 2016 election. Um, and I listened to Ben Shapiro a ton, but him and a few other people that are not super mainstream, I guess Ben is kind of mainstream now, have always, this is the part I appreciate, they've always taken the time to comment on people on the right or just that are just bonkers, too far, too far right, too you know, the racist, the alt-right, the ones that are, you know, just only about guns and hate Jews and hate black people, whatever it is. Uh, they've always commented on those people. They've always, you know, they've always looked at their own group and what they're part of and gave crit critique on it. Um, but the people on the left that I've uh, kind of been around, they've never done that. Uh, but now I'm seeing some of these people actually do that. I'm not saying that they hadn't done that before, but now that I'm paying attention, I'm seeing that happen more and more. And there was things, a thing actually released today on Twitter from a group of, uh, a group of liberals. And they signed this thing that was like, a lot of this stuff is going too far with language, with uh, Marxist ideology, with shutting people down, silencing people just because they don't agree with the same thing. Um, and so they're actually critiquing the people on the far left. And so that's, I think that's amazing. That's cool. Like we should be able to critique our own 
where we're standing uh, in our groups and we should be able to, you know, converse across the aisle. We should be able to converse with, with everyone because that's important. That's, that's how we get to where we're at. That's where we, you know, grow and we learn and we, you know, do something with our lives. And so, excuse me. Uh, <clears throat> I don't have any water up here. <laughs> I can drink some old coffee. Um, yeah. So we have this anti, anti-racist religion, uh, Kafka trap, uh, you know, social unjust or social, uh, not systemic racism, um, loaded question, loaded, uh, words, um, a lot of things that, uh, centers on language and centers on knowing more things that you do but when you do know more things that's bad because then you're actually empowered to make powerful decisions and so i want to hit on a little bit uh, a little bit different part of this uh situation um with systemic racism in general i was listening to a podcast uh with someone named theology mom and uh girl lady named Monique Dessen, Dessen, and then Dr. Thaddeus Williams. And so they're talking about, uh, it was a really good podcast, but one of their main points of takeaway was that all disparity does not mean injustice or racial discrimination. All disparity is not due to discrimination or past discrimination or past sin. And that's huge. That's a really huge, important thing that we need to hit on. We need to continue to hit on is that not all, um, all just all different outcomes, not because someone who's, you know, medium income to someone who's higher income is due to racial problems is not due to the racial past of slavery or Jim Crow or, um, because this person's black and this person's brown, like, that's not how we identify what the problem is. And that's that's one of the main problems I have with the systemic racism narrative is because of that. It's because you're putting a label on every problem and saying it's because of racism. And that's just not true. Uh, we can look at the data for a lot of things. And so uh, I didn't write any data down on here, but one of the data points that um, Thaddeus was saying is that uh, with with home home loans, or he was talking about home loans, but I looked up later and there are some stats on uh, home rates. I think I actually have it pulled up on my computer. Yeah, yeah, high mortgage rates. And the this is a um, an article, but they're quoting from a Pew Research article, and it says mortgage uh, rates by race. Um, and the title was Blacks, Hispanics, Blacks, comma, Hispanics, more likely to pay higher mortgage rates. Racialized title. So that's the first key you should look out for when someone's uh, quoting data and trying to put a story on it. In this chart, though, uh, let's see, mortgage rates. Um, shoot, I lost it. I don't want to give you the wrong numbers because that's, that's bad. <laughs> uh, but okay. So mortgage rates, uh, 
Um, so it is true that black people are going to pay higher mortgage rates uh, in general. I can't give that percentage because I, I forgot where the number is. Um, anyways, they're going to pay higher and then Hispanics are um, around the same and then whites going to pay a little bit less, but Asians are going to pay even less than that. And so we have this scale of, you know, Asians pay the least, then whites, and then Hispanics and blacks uh, pay, pay more. And instead of saying uh, black and Hispanics are more likely to pay higher mortgage rates, why wouldn't the title say Asians, if you're Asian, then you would pay the least amount of mortgage? Like, <laughs> or, uh, like he has some examples on here, uh, being an Asian can get you a lower mortgage rate than he has this. So, although Asians need higher grades and test scores to have the same chance to get into university, at least Asians get to pay lower mortgage rates. And so the point he's making on here is that, you know, Pew is putting out uh, titles that make it seem like there's this huge gap. But in reality, it's actually not a racial thing because Asians are getting the lowest rates. It's not white people getting the lowest rates. And so the question is why? Why are Asians getting the lowest rates? Is it because they're Asian? I don't think so. But does it mean that racial discrimination doesn't play a part in it? No, it doesn't. 